Welcome to the Meta Woman Podcast. We address the issues, opportunities, and challenges facing women in the development of the metaverse, the biggest revolution since the internet itself. Every week, we bring you conversations with top female talent and business executives operating in the gaming and crypto industries. Here's your host, Lindsay the Boss Poss. The Meta Woman Podcast starts now. Hello, and welcome back to the Meta Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay the Boss Poss. Together, we're going to have conversations about what it's like to be a woman in the gaming industry. From struggle to success, we're covering it all. To our returning listeners, thank you so much for supporting the show. I look forward to reading your messages when you send them. It's so nice. Please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and tell a friend about the pod. That whole spiel that I'm sure all of you who listen to podcasts get every time you listen to a podcast. And for our new listeners, welcome. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We have a really awesome guest this week. I'm so excited to introduce Sarah Dope, who is a celebrity entertainment and photography extraordinaire. Sarah's experience is for real so cool. I got to meet her last week and it was a lot of fun. A lot of interesting stories about the music, entertainment and gaming world. So I'm just so excited to have you on, Sarah. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. And to start, I would love it if you could give the audience a little bit of your background. Cool. A little bit. I know. A little, bit well, a a lot. little bit's fine too. It's it's a good <laughs> it's an interesting background, I thought. So Yeah. Uh, my name is Sarah Dope. I work right now. I, I guess like I work in the entertainment industry because everything has kind of melded together, but I've I've had a very long relationship and long time, mostly in music, but you know, along the way I have gotten into gaming. I've also worked a little bit um with, you know certain companies in general that are also into film and so now I, I like to say entertainment because I have worked in all kinds of aspects of entertainment gaming counts too yes gaming absolutely mm-hmm. yeah you have I mean you have like such an interesting career with artists you work with and influencers and all kinds of people um but how has your music experience kind of translated into gaming because I you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe a lot of your background has been with music and touring. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that you've done other things, but it seems like music has been kind of the big one. So can you just tell me about how music has sort of translated into gaming for you? Yeah, I mean, I, again, you know, with with music, especially like I have I have worked so many different positions in music, primarily marketing, but also along the way. Um, and, and when I say marketing at this point, I do mean both. Um, old school traditional street marketing to now what is now digital and so mm-hmm. um, and I've also had experience on the road selling merch I've had experience um, doing graphic and layout design for different musicians and record labels um, but again you know I, I've been doing this on and off for 22 years now um, I started very young as you know this this fan like street team kid back when street marketing was the thing before uh before the internet really hit up before interactive marketing was still brand new of like what does that mean um and back when know, skaters were super in <laughs> yeah you know, and like i was very much one of those people like outside of every mm-hmm. show like i was that person handing you flyers to the next show and similar tours yeah. and um, and, and not to say like physical, physical advertising is still very much important. Um, I think it goes hand in hand, but you know, this, again, this is before where we are at now, like didn't really 
exist yet. Um, Mm -hmm. And over the years, you know, um, gaming has been, has taken on a whole transformation, right? When I was growing up, it was still seen as, I don't want to say taboo, but it was like, oh, like the nerdy, the nerdy thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Similar to your mom's basement. Yeah. Yeah. And like very much that stereotype. And, Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people, whether they were musicians or actors, like anybody, you know, it, it, if we didn't want to be seen as, you know, oh, like a weird kid in high school or some sort of social outcast or what have you, um, we had to keep those interests like, hidden, right? Because otherwise, mm-hmm. like, we would seem uncool and nobody really wanted to be friends with us. Um, and I think over the years, especially, especially in the past few years, um, it is, we've seen gaming become a little more mainstream and, you know, quote unquote, socially acceptable. Um, and, and now like it, it's almost like, oh, like, oh, you like video games. You like comic books. You like all this, like, this is like really cool. And like, this makes you cool. And, and now I think I, we're seeing a lot of people start to really open up to what has always been a part of their lives. Right. Because they no, they no longer have that fear of having to be shunned or made fun of like whether it's you know random people or like they're even their own friends you know like it's no it's the new normal i guess um and and i think with like especially in the last couple years as we've seen live streaming among everybody and not just you know the hardcore gamers that lived and breathed gaming no matter what um before Mm -hmm. You know, before the pandemic, before lockdown, we started seeing all of these musicians and athletes and celebrities really go, like, okay, well, I can't do my normal job right now and I need to do something, whether it's, you know, as a hobby or make some money off of it or, you know, what have you. And everyone really started looking at live stream platforms like, okay, like maybe everybody else was really onto something here and like, oh, I can like publicly talk about this. And People are accepting me and it's not weird anymore. Um, and this is kind of where I stepped in with music, especially like I, I remember I, you know, I had always told so many musicians and friends for at least the past five years, like, hey, you know, like you should consider like streaming on Twitch and it's no longer just a video game thing. Like there are people like they have started opening up to other outlets and there are people doing this. Like, you should really consider this, if if anything, like as an extra marketing tool. Um, and I remember, you know, even some of my own like personal friends, like, oh, Sarah, you're crazy. And then lockdown happened and all of a sudden my phone blew up and it was. So remember when you were telling us about Twitch, like, can we hop on a call and like, you mean this thing I've been telling you to do for like a few years now? Yes. Years. Like I'm, I'm so oh, happy satisfaction to help, but I'm also right, tease though. you about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That satisfaction um, from being right, though, had to be so nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it's cool, like, especially, you know, and we kind of touched up on this the other day, where, especially where live stream platforms are now, where they have also opened up, like, hey, we don't want to be just a game stream platform anymore. We right. do want to open up to these other types of streams, whether it's, you know, IRL or like from the musician perspective, um, you know, there were musicians streaming their shows, their rehearsals. Sometimes it's like, it's literally just them chatting and it's just that kind of extra look into their lives. And, and if you really think about it, it is, 
another form of social media and just having that personal connection with somebody who, you know, it, again, especially back in the day, like we didn't have that chance of like speaking to our favorite Being musicians close, or actors yeah. or yeah, mm-hmm. like there was there was none of that. They were just completely not accessible. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's where that's where I kind of like slid right in. Where I was like, oh, I can talk about all of these things, and I can make these. It it made the dots easier to connect. That's for sure. Um, Do you have? I mean, I obviously know that we all know that Twitch is by far the biggest platform, and all of that, and. And I think that at least in when it comes to music, I've seen sort of a lot more creative things, like even Zoom concerts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is there is there any platforms outside of Twitch that you're kind of looking at these days as like, you know, this I, I don't even know if it's a cutthroat competition type thing like this is going to take away from Twitch, but mm-hmm. this could grow the way Twitch has grown or this is a good this is a better platform for music or this is a better platform yeah. for celebrity influencers. Like, are are you? looking outside of Twitch at all? I, I am definitely always looking, right? Um, I think mm-hmm. that is an important part of our jobs, right? Because if, if you, even if you think about before live streaming really took off and it was, you know, the Twitter and the Facebook and, you know, the MySpaces of the world. I mean, I remember there was a period of time where we all thought MySpace was going to be king forever. And then look where it's at now. Like at some point, mm-hmm. Facebook kind of swooped, like, swooped in and they fixed a lot of the issues that they were having and they kind of opened up outside of colleges and they became like the new MySpace and then eventually, you know, like now I think um, you know, especially with a lot of of other issues that platform is having, like maybe it's arguable like debatable to say like maybe Twitter is like that new thing. But there's always going to be somebody, right? Like you should never mm-hmm. just assume that you're going to be safe forever because that's just not how life works you know um and so you know I, I do take a look at other platforms i will say twitch at least my opinion is that twitch is still the king but the dominator yeah i do think they do have a lot of other issues that they do need to work on and mm-hmm. it's very possible like maybe youtube's gonna be the next because youtube I, I would say like twitch and youtube are like neck and neck um, and, and gotcha. I think we're seeing that as like a lot of these other like larger deals with Twitch are now being ended and like they're all going to YouTube. Right. So it's going to be interesting. Which is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting. And, and you know, there's see. like I, I've been watching caffeine for a while and I don't. I'm still trying to that's, figure out exactly what they're trying to go for there. Uh, that's the one actually I sort of, I didn't necessarily have it in mind to discuss, but that one was definitely launched more on the basis of having mm-hmm. celebrities and influencers. And it just, you know, it hasn't quite worked out. Uh, and it, I think that's for a variety of reasons. I think the staying power on Twitch is really high right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it it really is hard to compete with those those types of network effects but i just wonder i don't know caffeine was such an interesting idea i guess i i didn't necessarily see it taking over twitch but i did think it was it was going to be a little bit more successful than it's been yeah I agree. but i'm just not sure that they got the right talent on there to make that happen either so well it's been I, a little sad it, i guess yeah i mean it might be a talent thing it might also be um, and, and again, it, you know, they're still, I, even though they've been around for a few years, I would say they're still on kind of the early stages. Um, mm-hmm. so who knows, but the last time I kind of poked around in there, like, you know, maybe it has something to do with like the UI isn't just 
as friendly as Twitch and YouTube, right? It's not as intuitive. Yeah, and on on both ends, whether you are the consumer or you are the streamer. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe it's that and... Yeah, I don't know. There's just something that I was like, well, they're still around. There's like right. they're clearly still getting all of this content, but mm-hmm. at what point? Like, what is the end goal? I guess. <laughs> like, how yeah. are they really going like, to grow yeah. out of that? And like, how expand? are you going to take more market share? Yeah, yeah. And that's not to suggest that the current talent isn't good or anything like that. I always just wonder about the the right mix of people because mm-hmm. it really. Sometimes, I mean, we saw with the Kardashians for sure that star power comes from some unexpected places occasionally. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that caffeine, unfortunately, just hasn't quite had the right, you know, the right juju or the right mix to kind of work, work all together. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, nobody should be getting comfortable. And that's not to say that they can't really figure it out. Maybe maybe it is that that underdog that one day all of a sudden it's like they just drop everything. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. How did this oh. happen? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I agree. Well, speaking of all of this kind of content creation stuff, I kn- I know I would encourage everyone to go look at your photography because it's it's very cool. Like it's it's you're very talented. It's really interesting. I think it fits so well with gaming culture, the kind of creativity that you bring and and mm. what you do with your photography. But how you know you're the you're one of the first people I've had on the show that's kind of a has a really artistic and creative side um I've, I've talked a lot of i shouldn't say you're the only one because i don't actually know but i talked <laughs> a lot about business with a lot of other people and haven't gotten to explore that artistic side with other guests but could you talk a little bit about like this artistic side how you bring it into gaming what you do with it in the industry the interaction between art and gaming yeah I, mean, I, I definitely um it's like multitask like i've i've always been the type of person to have my hands in a lot of different thoughts I was actually having this discussion with somebody else the other day where I feel like any job I go to, you know, of course, like any company, you have a job description, but I always ultimately end up doing extra things like outside of that, just because, and especially now that I am older and I have all of this experience now, it's like, especially now where I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I can do this and I know how to do this. And I know about music copyright for my times here, so I can help out with this. Um, and, and with photography, like, you know, it, like even at my current job now, like we have our own photography team and they're fantastic. But usually if if we are doing photo shoots, um, photo and video shoots that involve some of the clientele that I manage, like I will also bring my gear at the very least to get some like cool behind the scenes stuff. Um, and then that way, you know, whether that gets used on social or maybe it's used internally um you know on decks when we're trying to show the rest of the company of like hey this is what we did over the weekend and this is kind of the direction that we're going like at least i have that to help like present and like give them an idea rather than just um you know words on paper of like yeah this is what everything looked like um Mm -hmm. so there's that and then you know i I do still do photography as like a side job too um you know, I, I do photography for a local wrestling promotion here in Minneapolis, and that's really fun. Which is so fun. <laughs> yeah. Can yeah. we go on a little tangent about that? How did you get into <laughs> wrestling? Like, that's so especially local wrestling. That's yeah, awesome. So, <laughs> I, so when I was a kid, like, I, I used to watch wrestling with my, like, I have an older brother, and we used to watch wrestling together, like, here and there. And then I kind of, like, fell off throughout the years. Um, and then I kind of got back into it, I want to say, like, 
nine, maybe eight or nine years ago now. Um, you know, I was living in LA at the time and my best friend was really into it. And at the time she was actually training, training to potentially be a wrestler. Oh like she thought that maybe she wanted to pursue that as like her new, like her new career path. And she was, she was, she was exploring that. And there was, um, there was a local show out in like Rosita, California and, and happens every month. And typically this is where a lot of like the bigger leagues would like go farm people. Like a lot of people that are now on WWE and impact and, hmm. um, and AEW like came from this promotion. Um, and oh, so, so all roads go through Rosita. <laughs> yeah. Rosita, California. Who knew? Yeah, um, not me. But, so like, I remember she was going to these monthly shows and at the time she like, there was a period of time where she was going through a divorce with her husband. It was like kind of not great, but one month she was like, well, now I have these extra tickets to the show. She's like, I'm making you come with me. And of course I'm like the supportive best friend. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll come with you and whatever. And I had an amazing time and I, I compare it to going to ball games with your friends like it's just something about like the energy you're there with your friends oh, yeah. you're all just mm-hmm. drinking beer and just having fun whether or not you're really into the sport right mm-hmm. um I had a great time so then i started going with her every month and then you know she at the time like she knew a handful of the wrestlers i started becoming friends with them and i just got really into it into wrestling again but specifically like i prefer the indie shows like the smaller shows because again it's just gotcha. something about the energy of like a smaller room right mm-hmm. And through mutual friends, like there was, there was a wrestler um, at the time. His name was Chris Hero. I think when he got signed, they changed his name to Cassius Ono. But um, he was friends with this guy Eric Cannon, who was a wrestler from Minneapolis. And at the time, I was like coming back and forth between Minneapolis and LA because I had started working for a hip hop label based out of Minneapolis. And mm-hmm. you know, Eric also happens to work. Like his other job is working as staff at First Avenue, which is the, you know, the notorious, like famous like Prince venue. And I remember I was out here, I think for like a week, just visiting. And I run into Eric and he introduces himself. He's like, yeah, like we have mutual friends, like Chris Hero, blah, blah, blah. And he's a super nice guy. And we hit it off. We started becoming friends. He also owns the local promotion out here, First Wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. And they do... When I moved here, I was trying to find, I was trying to find things comparable to the things that I loved about LA, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's certain types of food and then also wrestling. I was like, man, I had this in Rosita, but like, I was like, I need something out here that it, like gives me that same feeling. And first wrestling, they, at the time, like, and they still do it too. They have, um, they, you, in, again, in a normal year, they have a biannual show called WrestlePalooza. And it is a mix of wrestling, burlesque, oh, and so live fun. music. What? Uh, yeah, that yeah. sounds like and, a great live event. <laughs> and inside First Avenue. So they build mm-hmm. they build a wrestling ring on the floor. But they're able, because it's in First Avenue, like you also get the production of like concert lighting. And it's my mm-hmm. it, they're my favorite shows to shoot now. And like for a while I was just going as like, you know, a fan attendee. And then finally one day, like I asked Eric, I was like, Hey, so you know, like, can I maybe start shooting a Wrestlepalooza? And I remember he was like, "Sarah, I have been waiting for you to ask me this." And he's like, "Yes, of course, anything you need." And so I became like one of the staff photographers for Wrestlepalooza, and then 
eventually like, you know, they do other types of shows around both Minneapolis and St. Paul that like anytime I'm in town, I'm just like, Hey, can I come shoot this? He's like, yeah, of course. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just really fun. And it, it was almost refreshing because I've been doing concert photography for so long that with wrestling, especially when I'm shooting ringside, like I, I get kind of like a new rush because some of those matches also include, say, ladders and flying trash cans. And like it can get pretty wild where I have to be completely alert to make sure that I don't accidentally get hit. Right. Which sounds crazy and wild, but I love it. I mean, money in the bank. Yeah. Gotta have a pretty yeah. big ladder for that one. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and <laughs> that's it's crazy because really cool. a lot of, yeah, like a lot of the regular um, wrestlers on these shows, like, you know, again, I've become friends with them at this time that like, usually they'll right. tell me beforehand, like, okay, like I'm going to be looking for you like for this, this, this. I'm like, okay, got it. Like we kind of like have a plan. That's so That's really cool. cool. I think there's also a good lesson in there that um, that you asked to be included in this and to use your skills mm-hmm. and that the other the on the other side, there was such a reception to it. Uh, I think yeah. that I think that really speaks well, first of all, to the environment that they've built at oh, First Wrestling. Absolutely. That's yeah, that helps a lot. But it's yeah. also just if you don't ask, sometimes it's hard to get anywhere. So I think that that's a good yeah, lesson and, and- overall. And this stuff especially has been like, they've also been very supportive, you know, like, like, I guess like any show or like anywhere you go, like, you know, you're going to run into people, specifically men who are not as receptive of a woman or they're, you know, they're Mm -hmm. calling out things towards like women wrestlers that are not so great. Right. And they pass it off. Oh, I'm just heckling, blah, blah, blah. But, But like, What's great to see is like this stuff actually standing up to that was like, hey, no, we don't accept that. Like, nope, like not at our show. Right. Um, and even like there have been a couple of times where, you know, people have gotten a little too drunk and they're, you know, they're spilling their beer on me or they're saying something that like I internally want to turn around and maybe punch them. But at the same time, I don't want to like cause a scene. And then right. afterwards, I was like. Tara, you should have said something like everybody would have absolutely backed you up and like nobody would have been like, oh, you know, Sarah's starting shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's just kind of comforting to know that like, hey, like I've got their support. Well, I think the more you're around, I guess this is kind of a, a lesson that I've been learning as I delve more into the industry, too, is that when you find people that feel like they have your back and they back you up, it like the gender thing kind of goes out the window much more. It's like, Oh, yeah. I actually can just be myself and let yeah. down that barrier and still have that support. And I would also, I guess, encourage any listeners who are on the job market or hunting for any positions like that to see if you can, I don't know, find like, it's so hard to like form these relationships, but right. I kind of yeah. like the way you also, I mean, I guess it's also like, you know, you became friends or you became involved in this community first. And then realized that not only did you enjoy the entertainment factor, but that the people in the community were great mm-hmm. and then were able to turn that into a job opportunity. So I know that's not like replicable all across the industry or right. anything like that, but it's definitely, it's like, if you find good people, try There's to make hope. something happen. There is hope yeah. out there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and you, you've been working in these kinds of entertainment and creative music industries for a while. And I know, I'm so glad to hear that you have this experience in wrestling, but I know you've, we also just talked about last week, how you had this experience in music and on mm-hmm. tour and how you found the right people and were actually able to feel like completely comfortable on tour with, and I would love for you to share that story with the audience. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to share it for you, but yeah. I thought that was, it was such a good story and a good um, lesson. Yeah. I mean, that's, as you can imagine again, like, like any form of entertainment or like any industry, really, like you're, you're going to run into, <laughs> you know, stereotypical misogynist shit, especially as a woman, like, oh, you must have stepped with somebody to get that position or whatever. Right. Um, and, and especially in music. Um, well, while I do think it's, kind of gotten better over the years definitely still needs a lot of improvement but like you know maybe dating myself a little bit here but like back in the 90s like that was unheard of like if a woman had any sort of pass that gave her extra access oh she's she's got to be a groupie she's doing this that whatever um and and you know i i've i've also worked tours where I've had to worry about myself, like on my own, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and back then, like, like it's kind of messed up because if you think about it, like back then, you know, there were times where, like, I think about, it, I'm like, why didn't I like really speak up and like stand up for myself back then? And I just kind of so passed it off know. as like, oh no, like I can mm-hmm. handle this, like one of the dudes or whatever. Where I'm like. Well, no, there was that one tour where somebody tried to crawl into my bunk and I had to literally push him out. Like, that shouldn't have happened. And there should have been some sort of... We used to, like, laugh about that kind of stuff, too. And I find myself still sort of laughing about it. Oh, it's so crazy that he did that. And it's like, I mean, it is crazy and it it can be silly. But what it's more a sign of usually is the very unsettling power dynamic that a man can just crawl into your space. Right. And we're all just yeah. supposed to laugh oh, about it. There was like no sort of like accountability after that. There was no action done. Mm-hmm. And everyone, uh, everyone looking like, myself just kind of passed like, out. Like, no. oh, he was just drunk. Right. Yeah. Um, we're, again, always, it's like I think about like, all of these things now. We're like, wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, moving forward, um, you know, over the years, like, and, and I will like preach this band until the day I die because they're fantastic. Um, I, for one week I went on tour with Trivium, um, heavy metal band. And, and, and it's funny because so technically with my job now, like technically they're my client, but they have also, again, they've also become very good friends of mine. And even before I was working this job, we've had so many mutual friends in music. Like, you know, we had one friend specifically that was like, I need you guys to be best friends because you're you love all the same things. Like you both love gaming, love music, but also really love food and like good food. Like we love fine dining. We love finding like, you know, the best of the best in every city that we're at. Right. And, mm-hmm. and eventually, so the singer of Trivium, his name is Matt. He had started streaming on Twitch and, you know, he's like very early on streaming directly from his PlayStation. And I was like, was like you know i love trivia like this is kind of my chance like i can educate him on like if he's serious about this on anything he wants to do whatever and so i kind of sit in there i was like hey if you actually really enjoy doing this and like think you want to kind of take it to the next level like i'm more than happy to help you wherever i can and we kind of started talking 
And, you know, I was like, okay, like, you know, if you're serious about this, ideally you want to be on PC, you're going to have more control, better quality, like this and that, like, here's some advice on like mm-hmm. what PC parts to get if you want to build your own. Um, you know, I have friends at Twitch I can introduce you to in case you need like additional help there. And over the years, like he's, he's really taken it to a next level where, um, you know, he doesn't do just gaming streams. Like he does music streams. And by that, I mean like pretty much anything with music. Like he, he now, like when he's on tour, he'll stream the live shows. Sometimes he'll stream sound check. <gasps> cool. He'll, um, he also does jujitsu. He has his trainer on the road with him. So, you know, if everyone's comfortable, they'll do, they'll stream jujitsu. So like literally pretty much anything that kind of gets behind the curtain of like the mystery of, of Matt Hafey and Trivium, right? And, and it gives fans a perspective of like, oh, this is what they do at shows and this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really cool to see. And, and you know, he's become Twitch's primary example, of like, especially during a lockdown, it was like all of a sudden, Oh, like all these musicians are coming at us very fast. Like they need to do something. Um, well, here's what Trivium is doing. And, you know, let us introduce you to them and they can kind of give some additional pointers. Show them the ropes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, so when I started working with Astro, like I kind of jumped in and I was like, let me know when you're ready to talk about headsets, but like specifically for the gaming portion of your streams, like I'll be here. Just let me know. <laughs> Um, and eventually we started talking about it and we were something out and, you know, we're still figuring out like cool ideas that we can do, like for both his solo music, but then also the band's music. Um, but because of that connection recently, he, he hit me up and he was like, Hey, so I don't know if company would approve this, but like, we wanted to run an idea by you. Like we would love to have you on the road with us to do some additional photography. Like, cause you know, they know that I can do live photography and concert photography. He's like, you know, somebody who's also focused on getting like the sponsorship stuff too, that he's like both like we can use and label and Astro. Um, approved. And I was like, hell yeah. And so we went. So cool. Yeah. Honestly, the best touring experience that I've ever had. Um, you know, and, and I, I will say I was a little pampered where, you know, we were on a tour bus. And I remember a few days before I was about to join, he hit me up. Like, Do you like, would you prefer a middle or a top bunk? And I was like, oh, my God, I get a choice. I was like, Matt, I, I typically don't get a choice because usually everyone's like, oh, Sarah, she's the smallest one. Just stick her at the top. And it is quite... <laughs> The challenge for me to climb up to the top bunk without like accidentally kicking somebody else or falling. And it's a challenge. I was like, oh my God, if I have a choice, like I'll take a middle bunk. He's like, yeah, no problem. Like, wasn't as a, like, yeah, whatever she wants. Small to. tangent my cousin is 6'6 six, six and works on tour and has a very specific bunk so that he can fit his leg. <laughs> <laughs> so I have heard about the treachery of choosing a bunk yes. before um, <laughs> for various reasons. <laughs> so, so there was that. And, and the great thing about, about touring with them is like, it's, I feel like it's the first time in a very long time I've, I've never had to worry about anything. You know, I didn't have to worry about like, oh, it's going to get weird or like someone's going to hit on me or whatever. Like these are all solid people who they all have families and most of them have kids, you know, um, but actually like behave that way. Right. And, right. you know, being on the road, like even their road crew too was super accommodating and they kind of kept making sure like they're like, 
this is your home for a week. Like treat it like your home too. Like it's not just us. Like, I, of course, like I'm trying to be like super polite. I'm like, hey, can I like grab a water? They're like, Sarah, this is your home. Like stop asking. Um, like unless it has a name on it, it is also yours. Like you are a part of a band. Um, and then, you know, they, there were times where some of the other bands were like, like, oh, like, especially after a few days, you kind of get to know everybody and people realize like, oh, you're on the tour now. Um, you know, there are times that other bands would like ask for something like, oh, well, you know, can you also take photos of this or that? And, and sometimes even some of Matt's other sponsors. Um, and every single time Matt was like, make sure you get paid for that. Like, let's make sure that you get paid for that, which is kind of a new feeling. Like, I haven't had that in a very long time where someone's not like, oh, well, maybe you should get paid. But like, no, 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 she should get paid for that. She, she should get paid extra. Like, if you're going to have her do that, she should get paid. So it was just, it was very comforting. <laughs> well, it's amazing how just being shown any type of value, because as you saw, yeah. as you spoke about before, I also have a natural tendency to go above and beyond at a job. Uh, if I like it and care about it, I will do my best at it and do more than what is written in the job description. Yeah. But it's so nice to have someone recognize that. And instead of using it to their advantage or just giving you, you know, a nice little pat on the head and moving on actually sort of stepping in and saying like, let's work out how you're going to get paid and yes. speaking with the appropriate people. And I think for me, that was a good lesson in how to be a good colleague or even just a good friend. Um, and especially to creative types where and I think people have this, especially since everyone has social media now and there's a ton of photographers and videographers mm -hmm. and graphic designers for very cheap uh, I think that there's a perception that, oh, you know, this friend, this person yeah. that I loosely know should just do it for me because they know me or right. this photographer on tour should just take a photo of me because that's their job. But or it's like, exposure. no, their job to cover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing as an unpaid internship to me. It's like, yeah, well, I, I think that people deserve to be valued for the work that they provide and yeah. to have someone kind of step in. Is a good reminder to all of us because I thought, God, there's been times when I haven't stepped in or I haven't wanted to pay right. for things. And that's that's wrong. You know, I should be valuing people the same way I would like to be valued. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it, it was that was such a good reminder. And I, I do think that women have a tendency to undervalue themselves much more than men do. Um, so it was nice, too, that you had a male kind yeah. of ally and companion like, there to really back help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And that's something where, as, as we talked about with wrestling, it's like, oh, if you, if you get into the right environment and you notice that the people around you are doing right by you, try to go further in that environment or yeah. try to find a way <laughs> to get yourself paid in that environment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, well, and I think that's a good kind of segue because I wanted to ask about the work you do with Astro Gaming. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you, you seem to work a lot with kind of non-gamer celebrity influencers, right. which I think yeah. is really cool. Um, and I wanted to know more about that and how those partnerships work and how the audience sizes work and what you guys look for in a non-gamer celebrity. Like, are you looking at skill a lot or how yeah, does that, well, so, that play in? Or? So I don't want to say non-gamer. Um, te technically. Yeah, it's the, hard because. Technically I mean, the professional yeah. term right now, and I, I still hate it, is non-endemic and i hate it yeah because that, that i actually that avoided gives, saying that because <laughs> gives that, gives the same, that gives the same implication as non-gamer right because it mm -hmm. implies that like oh they don't really fit in that space they don't really gain 
And maybe, you know, maybe for some companies, like, that's true. Like, they care more about, like, the celebrity of it all. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, when I, when I think of, not, you know, these non-endemic influencers, which are, you know, basically anybody who they're in a normal era, um, their primary focus isn't streaming 24-7. It's not making YouTube videos on gaming, right? Because they're off in the NBA, they are um, on tour, they're in the studio, they're shooting a movie, um, and that is their primary focus. But for me, like, it, it is very important for me to work with people who are still authentic in that space. Like, they have to like video games. They have to actually genuinely enjoy this, even if it's, you know, in secret or, you know, not as well known. And again, in normal times before the world shut down, like, they didn't think about streaming, but they just really love video games. Of course, you know, they're raving about the new Xbox or PlayStation or whatever and going, you know, getting invited to these Hollywood gaming release parties or whatnot. Um, because again, like, you know, for, for us, like that's really the only way any sort of partnership or, um, yeah, any sort of partnership or sponsorship is really going to work for everybody. Um, is if, mm-hmm it's authentic and it like makes sense for everybody involved, like not just us, but like their team as well. Um, and so I, I got brought in, um, you know, I, I've had a very long relationship with Astro. Um, you know, back in 2011, I was working for a gaming company, um, for a year. And that's kind of how I met people at Astro in the first place. Um, and we've kind of kept in touch throughout the years, specifically, our SVP, Aaron, like he, he has always been more of like a culture forward person. And in my relationship with him, like it's been great because he, I believe like he was actually like a huge fan of like my photography when he met like, oh, Sarah's like doing this cool stuff. And, and, you know, she's working in music and throughout the years, like no matter what job I took, we would always try to figure out how to work together. Right. Um, so it could be something as simple as, okay, product seeding to this, these artists that I'm working with at this label. Or, you know, again, as live streaming started to kind of pick up, it was like, okay, you know, I do have an artist that's interested on, you know, getting on Twitch. Like, what can we do? Like, again, obviously product seeding, super easy, but is there something else that we can do that works more of like kind of a partnership deal? And what does that really mean? And what does that look like for, for everybody yeah. involved? And maybe it's a matter of, um, you know, promoting their music somehow. And this is before everything got super tricky with the DMCA stuff. Um, and, and even, you know, in, it was like 2014, like the label I was working for, we were actually working with Twitch on, um, you know, the Twitch music library. And it was like their beta version of, of basically working out these deals with different labels of allowing certain songs to be used by streamers without, having to worry about that, that copyright strike. Um, and so we were the first hip hop label to actually get involved with that. And so maybe it was a matter of like, okay, let's figure out something there. Like, you know, it, since it is stream safe, like what can we really do to push that out together? Um, and then finally, you know, about, I think it's been like three and a half years now. Um, you know, I, I was kind of winding down on doing social media work. I was still like, I had started freelancing for some people and I was still, like, I was still doing social, but I knew I was like, I want to get out of this. Like I've been doing social media for 10 years. It's taking a toll on me. Yeah. Um, 
And, and I I'm trying to figure out like what was going to be my next move that I, I thought I might be happy with. And coincidentally, around the time Aaron had hit me up and he was like, hey, so we actually have some space open on our influencer management team. And would you be interested in coming to help us out? Like we think especially where gaming is now and it's a little more, you know, open to everybody else. Like you are that person that we want because of your experience with all of these non endemic people and do you want to help Mm -hmm. us build this thing like sure yeah let's do it and so here i am um you know i think still don't know what technically what my title is internally but at this point you know i had like the head of astro refer to me as artist relations so i'm like yeah uh influencer manager and artist relations sure um but you know again like i so i manage all the non-endemic people that kind of come through and that can mean so many different things, right? It's going to be different for everybody. Everybody's going to be looking for different things. So again, maybe it's something as simple as, okay, you just want some headsets. Perfect. Or maybe it's something, um, you know, especially in music, I kind of start looking at every single piece of the puzzle. So it's like, you know, we have a good relationship with quite a few labels at this point. It's like, okay, how can we, you know, is there something we can tie in with a, a new album release? Or a single release. Like we have headsets that have these like customizable, like removable tags that you can put any artwork on. So maybe it's like something as simple as like, okay, let's work out a licensing agreement. We're, you know, putting these speaker tags out, but like let's release it with an album. Um, you know, give us your marketing plan, like let's start getting everything rolling. Or maybe it's um, you know, okay, like we've we've definitely tested the waters before of doing like music newsletters. Um, Mm -hmm. like nothing about headsets, but it's a musician that we work with who loves our headsets. Um, you know, he was putting out a new EP, like, can we get one track off of that where it's a free download and we are the only, like our newsletter is the only place to get that free download. Right. We've definitely done stuff like that. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. And and we've (laughs) funny enough, we did sponsor a music tour and then the world (laughs) shut down. (laughs) Um, oh, we went yeah, to I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there, there's this artist grieves. And, and again, like, you know, it's it's almost like the domino effect in my life. Um, there's there's a hip hop artist named Greaves, good friend of mine. Um, you know, I used to work for his label. That's how we know each other. And again, throughout the years, we're trying to figure out how to do things together, whatever it is. Um, and again, like he also uses our headsets. And so he him and his manager came to me and they were like, hey, we have this idea of like, you know, would Azure want to sponsor this tour? This is how much we would be looking for. Like basically just helping cover the cost of um, the bandwagon. And then they would, mm-hmm. you know, skin it with the Astro logo. And, you know, because this is still kind of, we were like, yeah, like, yeah, let's, let's do it and just see what happens. And, and, but how do we also do something that helps tie that in as to like, okay, why is Astro sponsoring a music tour? Um, and so the way that we, especially for those who aren't familiar with him, so it's like, how do we kind of tie more of this together? So aside from that music newsletter that we did, we ran a contest of um, giving away two tickets to every single one of his shows. But yeah. 10 lucky winners also got kind of like a VIP upgrade where oh. they would get to meet him and play games with him on this Astro bus. And he was going to hand them a pair of headsets in person. Um, and we got through two shows of the tour. 
And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, this COVID thing is really serious and everything has to shut down. Oh my Unfortunately, gosh. yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, of course we still accommodated like everybody who won the heads up. Like, yeah, we can be able to see, but unfortunately, like, we just don't know where the state of things are at. And like, maybe if things open up again and you want free tickets, like we're happy to like accommodate, but like right now everything's got to be shut down. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're, we've been looking at like a lot of different things and maybe, you know, maybe it's a matter of like making some super custom headsets, like, you know, like we did with a certain athlete that we announced recently. Like we're always kind of looking at different, I guess, not traditional ways of working with musicians. Cause like, I, I never want to be, I never want to be the person who like gets a budget for something and then just throws it at whoever's popular. And they maybe give us like a social media post and then call yeah. it a day. Like I, oh, you like, didn't I like the do, strategy, Firefest. Like <laughs> I want to do cooler shit. <laughs> yeah, I want to do cooler and like more meaningful things. I totally get that. In terms of like, because I think the words partnership, the words partnership and authenticity, collaboration, I feel like they get thrown around a lot, and maybe mm-hmm. not in the in the best of ways at times. Right. But I, yeah. I do have this question about: Have you seen? people who you've managed and people who you've worked with, have you seen kind of their audience coming into Astro World's community? Or I keep saying Astro Astro <laughs> Gaming's community. I know, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not affiliated with Astro World. <laughs> um I know, I know. Please <laughs> forget that I said that. Um but anyways, are like I guess because I've had this debate before, but is it kind of the celebrity or the influencer bringing their audience to the gaming community or is it the gaming community being excited to have the celebrity influencer there? You know, how do you, a, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of, both. I have definitely, which makes seen. the most sense, but yeah. Um, you know, like for example, there's, there's this rapper Mers. He's, um, he's like, you know, rap legend specifically on the West coast, but again, longtime friend of mine, used to work for one of his labels and like eventually carried over to Astro. Like he's also a gamer and he's also gotten like, you know, he, I believe he might've been the first rapper to be on Twitch and like really like use it all the time. Um, whether again, whether it was gaming, he also did, um, at the time he broke the Guinness world record for, I believe longest rap, like 26 hours. Um, that happened on Twitch whoa yes that's wild. Uh, or our longest freestyle rap i think um and he it, it's been interesting watching him because because of course like he's gonna bring some of his fans right like hey i'm on twitch now of course they're gonna like some of them will carry over like especially if they're already on twitch for other reasons like oh yeah my favorite rapper is on twitch but then what's been cool to see is like i i will notice people in his chat like Oh my god! Like I, I have, I had no idea who you were, and like I just saw you on the front page and decided to check it out. I'm like, you can rap, and I like love your stuff, and and that eventually sometimes transfers to like merch sales, to ticket sales. Like now that things are opening up, and, and again, like I, I've seen the same thing with Trivium. I've seen, I've, like I've seen the same thing with a lot of musicians. Kind of like it, it definitely works both ways. That's, well, yeah, and that's kind of what I sort of figured, but it's always hard to tell because I think. I mean, I don't, it's, I don't know. I don't want to sound too judgy, but I think that a lot of these collaborations just seem empty. And I keep wondering who's, which side is kind of winning, I guess, you know, Mm. is, is the celebrity winning more of the gaming audience or is the gaming audience 
uh, or is the celebrity's audience coming into gaming? So I think I, it I, kind of it has depends. to depend on who does like, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, which well of course is like a very vague answer. Like that's yeah. anything. Like it, it really depends on how it's handled. Like I think with some of the partnerships that we see, like again, if it's a matter of like very clearly like a, a cash grab, right? Like okay, just throw mm-hmm. money and call it a day, and we get maybe one thing out of it, and like get to say like oh we did this cool thing once, but like there's nothing that keeps going. Then maybe like maybe it is one sided, right? Um, but I think as long as as the both parties are kind of keeping things consistent, whether it's, you know, content, like static content or live streams. Um, or even like, you know, I've seen like Trivium, actually, they did a special, like special edition of their album that you could only get through Twitch. Like oh. you had to watch their live streams for that right. link to be brought to this like secret link. of Like, oh, there's a special edition of the album. Like, you know, I thought that was interesting. Neat. I think that might have been yeah, the first time I've seen cool that idea. happen on Twitch. Um, so I think as long as you're like finding, like continuously finding new ways to like keep your audience engaged, it can be very meaningful for like both gamers and you know your typical hardcore. Fan. That makes sense. Do you have any advice for people who kind of want to get into this management space? Their artist relations. I don't know exactly. Yeah, what the, like I mean, you said, my, I don't know exactly what the right word is. My but. advice, my advice, especially especially if you're a woman, like do not let do not let anybody tell you that you can do this. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like the amount the amount of people that I've had tell me, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. Um, and at, like it's just if I would have listened to them, I definitely would not be where I am today. I think that's great. Yeah. So I want to do a quick little summary before we get into the very last little segment. Um, I just want to go through some of the things we've talked about. Mm-hmm. One is that being in the right environments and building a community, finding friends that are in the industry can be in any industry, really, I guess, can yeah. be really helpful. And if you can find a way to turn that into something monetary where you're working with people who you already yeah. know are uh, generous and kind and inclusive, then do it. Um The other thing or one of the other things we talked about is just that. Sorry, I just totally lost my train of thought. (laughs) We talked about a lot of things. I'm trying to get back through it in my head. Yeah, which was great. Um, But then another thing we talked about was how to be good to other to your friends in the industry. So standing up for people when it's appropriate, valuing artistic and creative pursuits as they should be valued and valuing people the way that you would hopefully want people to value yourself. Um, And then the third point that I want to bring up is the one you just said, which is much easier to recall, that you shouldn't let people tell you that you can't do stuff. So find the right communities, find the right people, um, make sure you value yourself and others, and then get after it, I think is the, (laughs) yeah, the kind of the little lessons that we've learned in this episode. Of of course, that last one is going to be a lot easier said than done. Um, Absolutely. I I think it's important to and sometimes I have to remind myself of this like, to this day is like, it, I think it's important to remember that, you know, you aren't alone in this, uh, can often feel that way, um, but definitely not alone and can sometimes feel impossible, definitely not impossible. Um, and, and I, I, and I don't know if there's, there's like one right way to go about it. Right. Like you just, you have to oh, figure yeah. out. And it, it, and I guess to your point, like it is important finding your support group, whether that is in professional areas or personal areas, like people who will really have your back, 
and uplift you and help you, remind you that like, hey, you are fully capable of doing X, Y, Z. You can absolutely do this. Like, you know, come talk Getting to over us that if you're having a down syndrome. day. Like we will help yeah. you get through, you know, whatever you are going through. And then hopefully get you to a place where you're going to remember it yourself. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, screw everyone. Like, I'm going for this. I'm doing it. Absolutely. I talk so much about imposter syndrome in the show, but it's because <laughs> as the it's just so thing. hard not to, as a woman, I feel like that's the number one thing that has held me back. Um, mm. I obviously my gender doesn't help. That's certainly right. That's certainly true. But I, I really feel like if I had started with me a long time ago, I'd be in a different place. And I, I just wish, and I hope that more people can learn how to do that. It's I'm still learning, you know, it, t- it takes a yeah, long time. I think to get we it. all are. Oh yeah. You got to carve your own path and sort of figure it out. But I, the one thing that's come up actually a couple of times in sugar, I had, um, Keisha Howard from sugar gamer on just awesome little gaming community too. She said the same thing about you're never alone. You just have to find the people who can support and uplift you. And I really like that because I, I think it's very easy to, to forget that and to feel mm-hmm. really hopeless. Um, yeah. So it's, it can be hard. And yes. there's definitely, as we've learned, there's definitely times you're going to get burned. But it, if you can keep your confidence and find a support system that helps you keep your confidence, it goes a long way. So, yeah. but OK, so the very last segment and we've kind of gone through this a little bit, but just to solidify your answer here, I like to ask each guest for a quick moment of reflection. So what is one thing you would like to tell your younger self about getting into the gaming slash entertainment industry and being successful? Um, I mean, again, you know, don't don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, again, some like some things that even in my adult life, I have to remind myself of. And, and you know, fortunately, recently I had a friend remind me of this where you know, do not let anybody try to devalue you. Like, do not let anybody tear your value down, strip it away and make you feel like, make you feel like you're not worthy of anything. Because, and especially when you have very clearly done a lot of work to get where you are, like, do not let somebody tell you that, like, oh, you still need to prove that you deserve xyz that you can do xyz um yeah i do think that's great advice <laughs> and a great play a great thing to end on sarah thank you so much for coming on this thank you for i mean me. we've we've had the 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 joy of speaking once before and it's been it's really been so much fun each time so yeah. i really enjoyed it yeah i i um love to chat <laughs> i guess that's why they gave me a podcast but anyways um where can people find you if you want to be found where can they check out your photography some of your other work most most social platforms not all because sometimes i i lag a bit and then somebody squats my name and i get a little upset about it but at least on the main ones twitter instagram facebook it's all sarah dope um i also have a website sarahdope.com um it's mostly for like my photography highlights yeah, I don't know. I just oh, I've always been on the internet <laughs> since I was a kid. I know. I was I'm born into the internet, man. We we were lucky. <laughs> I think we had the the Maybe. pleasure of seeing it start and uh, yeah, and seeing the it joy change. of not having to live with it too long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Things change. But thank you so much for all yeah. of our listeners yeah. out there. 
Again, be sure to leave the five-star ratings and reviews. It helps us out a ton. You can catch me Wednesday night on the Business of Esports Live After Show, and you can catch this podcast in your feed every Tuesday. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining us here on Meta Woman. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcasts, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends, family, and colleagues all about us. Also, make sure to follow Meta TV on all socials to get more of the best Metaverse content anywhere. Tune in every week for another episode of Meta Woman.